Hello, listeners. This is A Cup of Tea, part two of our three-part diary entry with John Graney of Relatively Painless Tattoo, located in Scotland. But as you'll find out, that's not where John's from. Enjoy, listeners. Welcome to the Apprenticeship Diaries, where raw meets refined. Let's be real, we're still working on refined. <laughs> what it took, what it takes, and the stories that are made. Join us as we learn from professionals about how their stories began. Well, I think yeah. that artists, you know, I mean, I don't know. My dad, my dad, uh, he, maybe it was just his way. He was a very technical learner and I'm not, I'm a very intuitive learner, but, um, I think that artists, we tend to get in our heads a little too much and, and think about things and it stresses us out so that we do get so frustrated. I know I do it with my boyfriend. Like, he's just like, you know, I don't like it when you yell at me. And I'm like, well, I don't yell at you right away. I tell you about three times before, before I ended up yelling at you. Um, But like, you know, we're, we're what what finally ended up helping the conversation was when I was, you know, we had another discussion. I said, look, hon, you know, you have to understand that I manage people's forever. You know, when, when people come to me to put something on their body permanently, they're committing to something that's far more than even a lot of the marriages that are going around these days. Like they're committing to a forever mark. And I have to take that very seriously and it's a lot to manage. And so if I feel like I'm, you know, I'm having to overly manage something or overly communicate something, it's very frustrating to me. Now he's a full grown adult. I don't know how I would be towards a child, but I'm pretty sure I'd be the same as you. Like I'd freak out. I'm a lot like my mom too. Like I'm not somebody, anybody like cares about disappointing. They're like, she's a little hyper. (laughs) 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 I'm just speaking about my dad. I'm just like saying I had a really great dad. He wasn't there all the time. It didn't matter that he was there all the time. What mattered was when he was there, he wanted to be there and he played with me and he made a lot of stupid jokes and he was silly. And I just appreciated the fact that life could be fun when I was with my dad. (laughs) So that was cool. My own own dad. I mean, he he was always, he was when I was a kid, both my mom and dad always worked and that. um, But I don't know. It's just, I know my wife feels the same. Like you become, when you're on the receiving end, so to speak, like you become the parent, I suppose. I mean, it might have been the same with my mum and dad. I don't know. They might have had the same ideas. Like, oh, I need to be here 24-7. You want to be here with them 24-7. And it's just like, it becomes this thing that you don't get to do. And um, it's a frustration and all that. So I I I don't know if they felt the same, but, you know, when you actually just sit back and just relax about it a minute, it's not realistic. Mm-hmm. Not unless you're a multimillionaire with no real concerns or any aspirations, then and you just want to sit around and look after your child all day, then that, you know, that's absolutely spot on. Uh, well, but, and even then, would you know, be serving them? Like, oh, yeah, it's not, but... Um, it's kind of like those kids difficult. in arts class. 
uh, where they're, you know, they're not really that great, but you're always there. You're always telling them how great of an artist they are and passing them along through. Yeah. You know, you're always there, but are you really preparing them for life? You know, like, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. most relationships, you're not going to be able to be around them all the time. Like I would love to spend all my time with Rico. Um, and you know, if we were independently wealthy, I guess we would, but I, I can't, you know, I can't, it would be awesome. Um, but that's the thing is that like, and that's something COVID did too, was it, it, um, I don't, I, you know, it was always a thing for me. Like I always felt like I was being integral to everyone else, but I also, I also think too, is that. I really wanted to have a little bit more balance between my work and my friendships, my relationships. I wanted to meet my, like know my family a little bit more so I can understand that. Cause I don't even have kids, but I realized that so much of what I put myself into was tattooing. I love tattooing. Um, and it, and it serves me and provides me a lot. It's a, it's a blessing, but, um, there was a lot of people I didn't, I didn't check in with during, during a lot of years of my life that, you know, yeah. and it's weird because they all think I'm cool as shit. And I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of an asshole sometimes. <laughs> I'm really not that cool. Like I'm really, honestly, I'm not cool at all. I'm boring as shit. The only thing cool about me is that I can tattoo. That's it. <laughs> I'm pretty vanilla. And I mean, people don't think that, but I think I'm pretty vanilla because I don't, I don't want to go out raging or do anything or I'm uh, not interested. <laughs> get get a couple of it's like it's like young laddies that come in getting tattooed and all that and like it'd be great having this job and everything. I'm like, man, yeah, it's wicked. I love it. You know, it's not a job to me. I love it. It's great. Yeah. Oh, and like all the money and all that, you must work and everything, making just go out and party all the time, do loads of drugs and things like that. I'm like, no, I go no. home. Go home. Yeah. And just, just chill. I have a cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> I have a cup of tea, a coffee. What's your favorite tea? My favorite tea, mm -hmm. Earl Grey. Earl Grey. Do you do it with Grey cream? Um, no. No. You know what? This is a really odd thing that you should mention. Cream. Now, when you say cream, you mean actual cream? Well, cream milk. or milk or, you know, do you, I mean. I do, I do it with milk. Okay. But I don't know if this is a, like a, you know, just a, a difference in words. But I, I do listen, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, uh, a varying degree, the varying things. And someone was talking the other day about having granola with cream when they want to feel a little naughty. And I'm like, well, okay. Uh, but it was the cream thing of it we found interesting. And then it, it, people having cream in tea. Now we just have plain simple milk. But is that does does that is that what you're meaning? Milk well, or actual? Because I'm I know missing. That you're something. you're from you're from England, so your tea is important. I know that that's like a huge cultural thing. So for oh, me, we it's built on it. Oh, I know, and that's what I'm saying. Like. I just want to know how you take your Earl Grey because to me, if you were to take, you know, if you were to drink Earl Grey, you would want to emulate the people who, you know, like do it best. <laughs> um, no, I just, well, oh, I, I, I drink it two ways. If, I, if I'm, 
depending on my mood, I like it with just with no milk, just tea bag left in, the old grey left in, and that's it, nothing. And then if I don't know if I'm feeling a little sassy, get some get some milk and sugar in there. Do you know what I mean? And I might feel like piling on a few pounds, feeling a bit cheeky. I'll uh, put some sugar in it, namely sugar these days. You know what I just well, did? You want to talk about fatty, tastic, but it's amazing. Um, I took white vanilla chocolate chips and I put them in the bottom of my cup, just enough to like cover the bottom. And then I put a shot of espresso, like stirred that up and then put a little bit of half and half on that, you know, and oh, so good. Oh, it was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to get in chocolate chips tomorrow. I was like, well, this is a repeat. <laughs> I I I was like, yeah, this seems like it would work. I mean, they they have a white chocolate mocha in in Starbucks. I mean, why why wouldn't it work? It did. It worked. And I was like, ooh, this is this is gonna be deadly because I could definitely lose some lose some weight. And I'm not not working on that right now. Yeah. <laughs> I got lots that I'm I'm trying to. I, you know what I'm hoping? I'm hoping that with all the other things that I'm trying to conquer that my body will enjoy, enjoy the, the lack of stress because I've, I'm feeling really good about a lot of things I'm doing. So I'm hoping that if I'm not very stressed out and I'm not taking things in my body as a reaction and as a, as a coping mechanism, but rather just like a treat or like a, I don't know, like a celebration Maybe it won't it, it won't have such dire ramifications. I don't know. I one can only hope. I'm trying not to be completely deluded, but that was it was really good. I'm just gonna say that was a really good concoction. I'll find all right, I'll find out tomorrow. I'll let you know. I'm telling you, man, it's good. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm just like you. And I honestly, for everybody that I know that um that tattoos for a living, even the ones that have, you know, big shops. I mean, my friend Halo, he he's, you know, went, he looks like a rock star, everything. but he, And, you know, everything's, you know, very big and flashy with him. But he's not. He's just a big nerd and he's awesome. And, and everything that he does, he tries to put back into what he loves. Like, so, you know, his money that he makes makes him more money and that's just how he tries to be um and that's a good business person but it's also a person that's conscientious he uh you know at one point we had a conversation about you know money and stuff and he's like you know why do I want to make more money and I was like you know I hear you like you know if you're content you know that's fine I said but you know the the sky's the limit if you make more money I mean you could you could not tattoo well i love to tattoo okay well then tattoo more and and you know expand your shop let more people in teach people i was like you could paint more he's like well i have wanted to paint more i said okay well then do that i was like if you have more money you can have more time to do some of the things that you really love to do that maybe you don't feel like you have the time to do right now money money offers a lot of freedom i was like but you know it's not for me to say you know what kind of money you want to make but I do think that if you are, um, and this is something that I'm trying to be better at, I will admit, 
you know, without kids, I mean, you're taking on a lot and you have taken on a lot of things that I think are amazing, which is, you know, owning your own shop. And you'd think that me being a small business owner's daughter, that I would think, oh, I'll own my own place. No, I mean, for me, it was like, I was like, that's a lot of responsibility. Like that's, that's huge. Like, I think I want to work under somebody instead, because then I can come and go as I please. I'm not tethered. But what's wonderful about stepping into responsibility is how much you know about yourself. And it's also how much people will actually validate the things that you have to say. So I've realized that as much as I don't have to yield as much responsibility wise, nobody wants to listen to me. And, you know, I, I, I want to be listened to, I have a podcast, you know, if I, if I want any kind of authority or any kind of thing for people to listen to, I have, I have to step into some responsibility. I can't just sit here and, you know, think that I'm going to call people to me. Um, So, you know, interviewing people like you, I mean, just for the podcast alone, I think this is a nice space where I can explore it and at the very least be vulnerable for people who are equally struggling um, and to let them know that whatever struggles they're having, I'm having them too, you know? Um, And that's the thing with tattooing, right? Or any kind of profession is once you're up and going and you're making the money, it never stops. Like you just keep setting goals. Like it... (laughs) it just keeps going like you think that you're gonna arrive it's you don't you don't arrive (laughs) it it just keeps happening (laughs) yeah so how many um so you had your apprenticeship it wasn't the greatest uh can you talk about it did you get hazed like what did it look like oh (laughs) i can still hear you oh yeah uh, am I I'm still on? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, you're fine. Oh. <laughs> it all. Um. How do you describe it? It was. It was. It was funny. Oh, good. That's <laughs> it good. It was for all the wrong reasons. It was funny. Um. No, I mean it was all right. Not not hazing. Not really. Not anything like that. Um. To 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 be honest, I, I I I'm fully aware of it, or I've been made aware of it through the years. I've got quite. I have, unless someone knows me to speak to me, uh, who's been in conversation with more than five minutes. I have a a bit of an intimidating look about me. So people are, 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 people are not always too forward of being a being a dick towards me is very rare. <laughs> face to face. I mean, I've had plenty on social media and things, but generally face to face, no. Yeah. Um, so, and not only that, I, I'm I'm one for kind of questioning stuff too. Well, what what that's supposed to mean? Um, not really defensive, but like I, I will I will call it out immediately. So I've never I've never really had that. There's a lot, but where where I was, it's just a lot, of just. A lot, of, a lot like on that page, you know, like, you know, like sometimes like you're hearing stuff, people say stuff, you're like, what? Like total bullshit being panned around the place. You know, like there's total nonsense, um, provable nonsense for one. And also the, just factual nonsense that you, how can you stand there and say, you know, just about generally about, it could be about the weather. Like you could see the sun's outside and they'll say, 
that rain's shocking. You know, you know, there was it's just some bizarre people to work with, but a lot of them were like, um, a lot of them were kind of controlled by the owner. There seems to be a lot of control by the owner, um, and for want of a better word, um, she um, she had trained everybody within the business, uh, and had picked people who were essentially for apprenticeship. I'd pick people who weren't very good artistically. In my opinion, you would not have sort of came to my door. Any one of them people had come to my door looking for an apprenticeship, showed me a portfolio of of which I don't think was ever done there. It was like, I want an apprenticeship. Um, oh, let me see you draw something. Well, that's rubbish. You've got the job. Um, for this feeling of power, mm. control. Um, and it was bizarre. It was it was odd, and anybody anybody who you know obviously there's people who worked there who weren't trained there, um, and came through the doors, um, and were also you know good at what they did. They wouldn't last long because it would they would be like this whole there'd be meetings held about them you know that type of thing. It was a very weird scenario. Ran by an alleged Buddhist, if you can get your head around that. <laughs> I can. Um, I think people never... make a lot of claims about the faiths they practice without actually practicing yeah. them. Really? <laughs> like, mm, yeah. Okay. But I got the fundamentals out of it. Mm-hmm. I just kind of locked my head down, ignored the bullshit. If it came my way and was aimed my way, I'd, I would call, I'd be like, you're talking nonsense like what sorry yeah you got something to say say it loud and proud sweetheart something like that I would and I'll shut it down immediately it wouldn't really come it just never really kind of came my way it sort of came to a head um right near right well pretty much near the end just just as I left and I was leaving anyway at that point um albeit that it was kept hush hush at that time um it was just because you were you were you know you were branching out, you were learning things, and then you your work would be getting better and better and better. And I think there was there was obviously holds on what you were being taught or a lack thereof of ability to teach you more. That's what I felt about the place. Mm-hmm. And because I was going beyond in every way I could to learn more and more, like I was saying, the finesse of things and find out my own thing. And not sticking to, well, we'll just just copy the Cherry Creek off the laptop there. That's that's what they asked for. I'm like, what? And then I'd come up with something far more elaborate and more along my style, whatever. And then that puts you on the radar of, oh, they think they're too big for the boots. And then there's meetings and chats amongst others and stuff like that. And there's and you know what? There's there's some amazing people there, really nice people, but they would not. And it was so odd. This strange sense of. Um, loyalty towards her that they would stab you in the back no matter how nice they were and how, how nice you were with them and how friendly you were they, they would instantly turn on you the moment anything came up even though they knew in themselves that everything that they were being taught or, or it wasn't about what they were being taught I'll have to make that clear not really about what they were being taught but how you should behave morally towards one another sounds very uh, cultish yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> we call it. Can't. I don't want to say a name, but it, it was called. We 
a group of us who were no longer there, we called it the cult of. Yeah. We literally, um, and a couple of people have been saved from it. Um, they've like, I can't believe I was like, it's indoctrinated into this, this thing. Mm-hmm. And most of those, in fact, most of those people who were kind of embroiled in that, that, that shop no longer exists, neither does that person tattooing. And anybody who was there who kept with it and kept in that mindset along with them, no longer tattoo, mm-hmm. would never expand. So that was right. kind of, that was kind of my style. But like I said, I, can't, I won't, I won't fully knock it because I got out of it what I needed. Right. And then, Essentially, I did the rest, which where I've always, that's where going back to like that page, I've always felt, yeah, I can be negative about some of the things, but then I'm a kind of an amalgamation of the two things, self-taught and apprenticed. I've had the experience of an apprentice. Everybody is, you know. Yeah, well, of course, everybody is when they start to do their own thing and do their own style. And, And obviously there is. There is an element. I don't think customers ever hear it, but you make up as you go along, and you do. Mm-hmm. As long as you're keeping your fundamentals true, you you can kind of start to. I'm just going to do this now. Try this out. Yeah. You know. Well, and a lot of it is, you know, I let I usually let clients know when we're about close to being done. Um, my dad has this thing in hair. Every time he finishes a hairstyle, he would say, "Look at that! I got lucky again." Uh, (laughs) you know, um, and that's kind of the thing is that, um, and it's that way with everything. And I think that's about teaching people a practical way of thinking and what you, what you actually exist within. There's a reason why they call it medical practice. It's because they are practicing medicine. Like there, there Mm -hmm. isn't, when you're dealing with, um, human beings, we're not, you know, we are destined to die. We are destined to have pain and suffering, no matter who we are. The human condition, I don't think, is removed from that. And mm-hmm. like the safest place in the world for us is a rubber room where we would, you know, only put the most hardened criminals of of our world because that's the worst punishment you can give a human being. Our our joy is in interacting with each other. And I think that if you can be a person who allows your client to trust you um then then there's no matter to what like you said let's try this they'll be like okay let's do it that's awesome that sounds great i want to be a part of this cool art thing that i don't know anything about but you know everything about it so i'm going to trust you and it's not to say that i know what i'm doing i just trust I trust, like you said, the fundamentals of what I know enough that I I know that whatever happens, I'm going to get through and it's going to look seamless to them because they don't know anything. Um, and I, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm going to learn and they're going to get an awesome art piece. Um, but they are very much so blessings because they're practice in a lot of ways. I mean, and and the, for me, that's kind of why I like now um, giving apprentices if if they are come my way and I know them, you know, some spot on my body because I can inform them as they're tattooing me. And then I have this little gem of somebody's beginning on me that, yeah. you know, I, I'm part of their story. And I think that's what clients really like, too, is they like I like calling them collectors because I feel like they're collecting 
you know, they're collecting little trinkets on their life and kind of framing them on their body. And, and it's this really cool bond that you get to experience with another person. It's really neat. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, I, you know, when you have shop environments like that, you can't formulate that kind of bond with your client, you know? And I think that's what really gets a lot of people to want to leave is because they know that they can reach a person really really well if they're not if they're not being barked at by this systematic framework that says that they have to bow to this person you know like if if it if the company ethic is so strong then a client can't come in and like feel good about being there it's like going into starbucks and you say i want a small coffee and they're like you mean a tall and i'm like no a fucking small man <laughs> like nowhere else in the world is this said this way but like they got to make it all bougie and that way it's it's about the brand of the studio and not about the client and it should be about the client um and whilst that might seem cool and everything, it's definitely niche. It's definitely marketed and branded. It doesn't allow any way for an artist to, to signature anything, you know? Um, and it's not that we're, you're trying to be too big, but we are trying to be signature, you know, like I can't walk into Starbucks and create like a whole drink and then start selling it and say like, this is the Amy special. I'd probably get fucking fired because, you know, like, no, man, this is our menu. Stick to it. Like, you got to do this. <laughs> and, you know, like, that's what people come for, I guess. But, like, there's not really much room for an artist in those spaces because we just, you know, we don't want to follow the rules like that. We want to push the boundaries and play. And people like being a part of that. Um, yeah. 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 So I'm glad you got out of that. How long did you experience that shot before you finally left uh, it was a little while I can't really remember complete about a year or so a couple of years that's not bad something like that long enough to be like okay <laughs> long enough for uh, long enough for this now did you did you work in a few different shops after that um what happened after no, that's where that's that's where the other experience comes in. I went straight. And I'm like, I can't, I cannot work for an idiot again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Except the biggest idiot I know, which is me. So I <laughs> get my own shop. Stop this! I'm going to do it myself. Um, awesome. Which, um, I mean, yeah, it's great, but that was tough. That was difficult. I was uh, wildly naive at how, what I thought would be a simple thing. Not a simple thing. I never thought it was simple. Um, but I never thought it would be as difficult as it was um, yeah. to get start. And what work there was involved in that, you know. Um, I just thought, you know, you just get a place, set it up, tattoo all day and pay your rent. And that's it. It's all good. It's easy. It's easy. It's literally like handing over to a, a shop owner, but instead I'm paying it to a, a letting agent, you know, but no, 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 no. <laughs> more than that. What, um, um uh, what would you, I, so I asked a friend of mine about it because I was thinking about 
opening up a shop, but I'm very, I'll admit it. I'm very scared. I'm very scared to manage people. Um, it's not that I can't manage myself. I think that I just have issue managing people. And he said, you know, honestly, the hardest thing is just putting, wearing a lot of different hats. He's like, because you don't, you don't get to just be the artist. You don't get to be, you know, just one aspect of it. You have to wear every hat. And that's what's so mind boggling is that like, you know, you know that you could do any one of the jobs really well if you could just do one of them, but you can't, you have to do all of them. And he's like, you know, if you, if you think you can, you know, do that, um, but just get ready because there's like, I can't give you any warning. You just have to take it day at a time and, and roll with it as it comes and, you know, uh, work with people, you know, Uh, that's really it. And I was like, oh man, like, you know, you, you want some kind of like, you want some kind of key. Um, I remember I listened to Ami James. He was doing a talk in, um, in a non-denominational synagogue because he's Jewish and he actually fought for the Israeli army. And he said he met under, uh, I, I want to say a rabbi, but like one of the elite, like rabbi, I don't know if that was it, but like a holy man, like a spiritual guy. And he, you know, he had tattoos and he said to him, you know, he wanted to ask him like, uh, you know, does God have issue with me tattooing or being tattooed? Like, is it bad that I'm tattooed? Cause that's like a, a big thing in all faiths is like, is this okay? And hey. um, the, the holy man just looked back at him and he's like, that's between you and God. And Ami James is like, man, I was like, I was looking, I was looking for him to give me something concrete, but it's not like that. You know, it's, it's, it is, it's between you and God. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And, um, and I think that's what I've been grappling with a lot is just, uh, I guess, trusting myself, trusting my relationship, trusting my faith or like my competency or whatever. But yeah, I admire that a lot, even though you admit to going into it very blindly and, just, and, and saying that you, you know, you didn't anticipate it being that hard. I admire that, you know, screw it. I'm going to do this. I can do it better than what was done to me. <laughs> I, i've well, never had it. that that's that 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 was my only mantra going in i'll do it better than what i've seen i know what not to do yeah and as long as i know that i think i'll always be all right mm-hmm. and that was that was it that mantra my childlike sense of wonder and then the rest of it stupidity and just went for it and that was it and I've been all right since. It's all been good. It's all, you know, always been good. There's been a sit up and down, but it's the, the beauty. The beauty of my shop is it's very small. I've kept it very small. I've always kept it small. I've had I've had designs on bigger, mm-hmm. uh, but then the, the whole idea of that has exhausted me. <laughs> Just thinking, no, do I want to do that? But things are different now. I know more. I know a lot more, and. Um, I'm very established now as well because I was going. I was. I started out not only not knowing what I was doing, owning a business, but not established. Mm-hmm. So you've got the fact that you ain't getting business soon as it opens, and it's sporadic and things like that. And but uh, now I've got a far better idea what to do with that. And you know, 
people with which to work in it if I got somewhere bigger. Um, you know, I've networked a lot more now and stuff. Um, but I just, I've always, I know that if I had somewhere bigger, um, it would definitely become a family affair because my my wife is a manager. She she works in management. Oh, and awesome. she, she she wants to leave her job. She's always wanting to do that. And she said, I, I would run the tattoo shop, but it's not it's not feasible at our size. It's unnecessary. And, um, well, it's probably necessary because I'm a shit manager. But it, the size-wise, it's just, it's just not. Uh, it could probably is. scale really fast um, with yeah. her in there. Like, she probably wouldn't need very long for it to it to prove itself very quickly. Um, yeah. Um, so well, we had the idea of that for a few years and then time, kind of wanted to time it with the end of the lease because they have like three-year leases and, and you know, that's kind of gone on and on and um, hope for it and hope for it more in the last few recent couple of years but then COVID happened and that impacted savings a lot and things like that and because that is a definite thing I learned is ensure you have the backup before opening a business for the lean months when you start. Granted, mm-hmm. that that's not it wouldn't be the same now. All I'm doing is expanding. I'm not I'm not starting from scratch. But you want to have that not that to, to create a nice space. Right. You, know, you need the you need the money up front to do all that and things. So. Uh, while we, you know, while we we have recouped our losses and and saved more on top, still it's like still edgy and things here, you know, with Brexit and uh, obviously Ukraine and Russia, the the cost of living has gone up here a lot. So making a, a bigger jump, I think, is a little just a little fit further down the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that that'd be good. That'd be good, and I'd like that. Some people might not want to work with their uh, better half, but mine is literally my better half, and I'm quite happy to do that. I'd be more than happy to do that. Do you have apprenticeships in your shop? I I have had. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't I don't have any current apprentices, um, and I don't know if I will again. Would you charge for uh, apprenticeship? No, no, I've never. Um, I found that an odd thing. Yeah. Um, generally, to to my knowledge, not just through my experience, but others in the UK, that is a very odd thing, which I found quite surprising. I only learned through being on that thing that that was that was a thing. Like what? Mm-hmm. My immediate media reaction to that was like, "You're being conned. Nobody pays for an apprenticeship." To, to which was met with complete abuse. But I'm like, well, I don't know then. You need to speak to more UK artists because we don't. We don't pay. Right. You do not get paid. Right. We never got paid. I never got paid. Most never get paid anything. But uh, you, you, you don't pay for it either. Um, the way I've always done mine... Are you somebody who likes to draw? Are you somebody who wants to draw better? Are you someone who tattoos? Are you somebody who wants to tattoo better? Well, then I recommend that you go to our special offer in our show notes of this podcast page. Our website is theapprenticeshipdiaries.com. 
and on this page you'll find all our listed episodes. Within there, the show notes, there will be a link. Tad 10. Click on there and find yourself 10% off a year's worth of the Reinventing the Tattoo Canon. It will make you better. Again, looking at it from what did I what did I have to do versus what can they do? What can I do to better that experience? It's and it's not just in what you know, it's not just about like just being nice to them, because <laughs> a lot of it is there is a lot of like, you know, like just being nippy towards the uh, apprentice the apprentice, whether that's tattooing or any kind of where you serve apprenticeships, bricklaying and things like that. There's that that element of well, hazing and so forth, but like I said, I didn't really get that. But the 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 monetary side of things, I understand. I understand what it's like to struggle. I get that, and I understand that. And you get people, and I know a lot of my younger apprentices that I've had have been younger with less responsibilities. But you don't want that worry over your head when you're trying to learn something. Like I've never liked, I've never really liked that. So I've always given the opportunity to have part time jobs, and from from the get-go, which I think has helped them, it's, it's almost like a double-edged sword, but positive on both sides, is that, I, you know, part of it is for your learning, make sure you're drawing, 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 doing all your stuff that you need to do for me. I want to see that you're doing it and you're committed, but get it all out there on social media, get all the tattoos are available. Now, you won't be doing them, I will do them, and I'll pay you for doing them. So I give them what, I would usually give shop cut or what shop cut people give to me, I will give to them for their tattoo. And there's two things. One, you're learning money. One, you're earning money. And two, people are seeing your art and then seeing it as a tattoo. So by the time you're starting, they're following your journey now more than ever with social media. They're following your journey and seeing your work, which you can lay claim to. I don't want the, you know, they obviously said that I'm not doing it because they don't want people going like, oh, can you come and do me now? It's not, that's not how it's working. Uh, my, you know, John at the shop's doing them for me, but this mm-hmm. is my work and this is my design. Um, they've each of the apprentices that I've had, once they've moved on to start tattooing and junior artists, off the bat they've got me to measure clients, right? Um, <laughs> straight away, um, they've had clients immediately and. Right. I mean, <laughs> frustrating to me. I'm the one still doing in between the stuff I'm doing. I'm doing all the this this typical street shop stuff, and they're just doing all their own cool stuff all day long. But mm-hmm. set them on that thing in the right way, and not only that, they're doing stuff in their wheelhouse. So they're they're doing good tattoos. They're doing stuff they're enjoying doing because it's their style, and they're applying the fundamentals that I've given, and they're there for allowing, and they're comfortable with it. There's, there's less stress I feel when you're into something that it's definitely you that you, you know it's your thing it's what you right. like to do so everyone's kind of getting a start off with a with a jump because right. they've got all these people already waiting for them and they're good at they're really good at it from the get-go right My, mine have gone on really quick really fast I think I've been lucky at the apprentices that I've had I mean I've had a couple that didn't last um but that was that's I'll sort that out pretty quick. I'm laid back, but if something ain't right, it ain't right, and I'll be gone. But um, the the girls that I've had 
Because um, I've had two apprentices, and they both just got it immediately. They've got everything immediately. And I don't know if that's down to me or them as people, but they've pushed them as well. They push for wanting more, and I've obviously given more. And, but they just instantly grasped tattooing um, more than I've seen other people do it, more than I did when I started. Uh, it's just been really, and it's just been really quite plain sailing with them and really good. And they've gone and doing and they're going. Um, my more, my most recent one, who, when did she start tattooing properly? She's like a junior artist from January. Uh, last, yeah, January this year. Um, and she's just doing great now, you know, doing really good work and improving all the time and stuff like that. Um, so, so yeah, but I, I feel that I just, I think obviously now with my business and, you know, home life and things like that, I, I don't think I'll do it again. Right. You know, I've got, I've got other things I need to concentrate on and not that I don't want to give it, but I don't feel if I can't give hundred percent to them, I don't want to do that. I don't right. want to be able to give, not, not be able to do that, giving them, giving it my all. Right. They're getting everything out of it they need, and and while I have, while that has worked out, everything has worked out well for people I have done it for. I just feel that I want to have more time to do other things and not have that worry because it is a, to me it's a worry. If I don't feel that someone's learning, it's worrying me, it's stressing me that they're not getting out of it what they want. So yeah, what I want to do. I found so, that yeah. too. Um, with my last apprentice, I, you know, we were under the the idea that it would take as long as it took, but because of where I was in my, my life, I only had a, a, you know, a private studio. I just saw that they were not, they were not going to learn um, what they needed to. They needed a shop vibe. They needed, they needed more work, more often, more hours put into it that this is not gonna. And, and I wasn't, I wasn't available to them in the ways that I wanted to be either. Cause like you said, you have to make your own money. And this was, you know, an idea that they didn't, I didn't charge them for anything. And the reason why I asked about charging is because when I started tattooing, I was offered two different paths. Either I work for free and it it took what it took. Um, and that was that was later. At first, it was you'll have to pay me because he his in his mind, he had all the workers that he needed in his shop. Um, you know, like he had a piercer, he had himself he had multiple artists he had a front end person he didn't need an apprentice you know for him it was like you know if i needed an apprentice i would i would have an apprentice and they would they would facilitate certain duties that i already have all these other people for but um and he said and and for me to take time out of my schedule making money I'm going to have to charge you for the knowledge that you're going to get here and you know and he gave me a pretty pretty much a prospectus of what it would be like how long you know what that money would be invested into um uh for him and then you know basically kind of like the thing that you you hear about a lot of things is like if you invest this much and you really dedicate yourself to it once you get started you'll probably make your money back very quickly um which you know as you know getting into tattooing you know our machines are very expensive but in a day you can pay for your machine if you're a good artist you know like not a problem yeah. 
So, you know, it seems like a lot of money up front, but when you really start tattooing, and that's what he told me is like, when you start tattooing, you'll, you'll make all that money back very quickly. So at the time I didn't have the ability to do that because it was, it was right after 2008 market crash um, here, all of that stuff, the housing market crash. It was nobody was giving out loans because it was we had just come off of all of these faulty loans like you had to. And I I wasn't in any position where people would even give me a loan to do something like that or or even a credit card was, you know, hard to like come up with that kind of money. So I told him I was like, you know, I don't have that money, um, but, you know. I am interested. And if, you know, if ever there's an opportunity and then I think within a, a month or something, his piercer quit or he had to fire him. And then, and then he had to, his, his front end person was like, yeah, I'm, I'm moving in two weeks. <laughs> and he was like, Oh, okay. And then he, he like contacted me. He was like, Hey, you know, check your, check your phone, check your messages. Like what the hell? And he was like, I'll offer you an apprenticeship if you'll work for the time. And I said, yes, you know, like I'll, I'll be there every, you know, as much as I can. And I worked, I worked like a 35 hour week at my dad's hair salon. And then I spent another, you know, 35 to 40 hours being there, um, whenever and doing, like you said, all manner of things, um, you know, taking out the trash, scrubbing tubes, you know, learning about the autoclave, learning about how each individual tattoo artist liked to run their schedule, what their picadillos were, how they like to interact with their clients, like what they put in their coffee, like everything, <laughs> everything. And it was it was great. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think either one is bad. I think for me, if if somebody asks you to pay them, I always tell people, get a contract written, make sure that everybody has agreed to terms and that you have some semblance of a syllabus or some semblance of like things of where you can address, okay, we're here now. This is where we're going next. And this is where we're going to go next. And it might take as long as it takes, but you know that once you've accomplished these things, that this is where you're going next so that you can hold that person accountable for what you've paid and that everybody agrees to it and get it notarized. Um, that's, that's all I've ever said to people is like, I'm not against people asking for money because, you know, that's what educational systems are about college. You know, they, they give you a syllabus, you, you pay them and they tell you, you're going to learn X, Y, and Z, and it's going to take this long and you're going to need these materials and you sit and you, you get an education. So I'm not against yeah. it. I, I, you know, but I do like what you're saying because again, it's 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 being the kind of person that somebody would hate to let down. And I do think that you're that kind of guy. I don't I don't know if I see you as intimidating. I see you more as just somebody that I wouldn't want to disappoint. So <laughs> like, you know, if you take somebody on like that and you're like, I'm not going to charge you. I'm going to share with you what I have, but you're going to have to hustle for it. You're going to have to earn it. It's a really nice agreement. It's not a, it's not, it's not uh, protected under any kind of big law, but I think that that's a nice agreement. And when you're not charging for it, I think that's a really nice way to go about it. Cause it's, it's, it's teaching people, 
that people can help people and people can serve each other without any of these controls, without anybody telling them why or how, and we can, we can work really well together if we can all work to well together. Um, but I will say, like you said, if somebody is charging you, it automatically comes off like they're conning you because they're, you know, it, it, it makes it a business at that point. And when it makes it a business at that point, you have to know what you're in the business of and you have to make sure that you guard yourself as a business would, which means you better put shit in paperwork form and you better get a lawyer to sign off on it because otherwise you might get conned <laughs> and it's not cool. No. So, <laughs> no. but I like that. I like that. Uh, and I like that bit that you said about how when they start taking on people for free that you will actually reward them with paying them a shop cut. That's really cool. Cause then that's the cookie that you need to like, want to do more and like see some, you know, say some, some momentum to what you're doing. I think that's a neat, neat. Uh, yeah. That's I've always looked at it. Yeah. That's good. All the essentially all the, the pros of tattooing without actually tattooing. You know, yeah, you, you, you make money from your art through tattooing. It's just you're not doing it just yet, and mm -hmm. it, it adds fire to people as well. That's awesome. Uh, do you require anybody after you've you know basically graduated them to a tattoo artist? Do they owe you any amount of time at your shop, or is it just like eh, you know you've graduated? Well, I've, I've had people say that to me before, like, you know, you should really have people like you must be here for this long and all that. And I'm, I don't know, I've just always been kind of laid back with it. Um, and just, I don't know. And yeah, I mean, my, my, my previous apprentice, um, who's a great artist, she's, she's amazing. Um, she left pretty sudden. Um, but I think there was a number of fact there was a number of factors with that. To, you know, she kind of graduated and was tattooing, but um she moved on pretty moved on pretty quick. But I again I didn't find I didn't have a I didn't have an issue with it really. She's moving to another shop that there was, you know, the shop a shop I was totally aware of and yeah, it's a really great eyes. And again, I felt I know that myself. Not not that I operated in the way that I came from it's about the finesse what to be around others who were doing different things than i was doing i can't be mad at that right i can't i can't be, can't be mad at that at all um and also i will say that at that point when she did leave my shop wasn't the greatest of environments because uh, mm -hmm. i went I, I think i told you before i did start with a business partner mm -hmm. uh and not i wanted to ask about that, that. Yeah, I don't want to go massively into it. We are friends now. We, we certainly weren't when it ended, and it was a poor situation. Um, it was, you know, 100% from one person, 0% from another, and then resentment setting, not really, a, you know, trying everything to work it all out, and it never really did. And, um, yeah, you know, it caused anger and frustration. And it wasn't, you know, not that it ever was an angry shop. We never, don't, don't operate that, do not like that at all. Um, but there was always an air of it. There's always air of... Yeah, the parents were fighting. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. yeah, and it's not a nice environment to be in. And there was that, I feel, um, 
add something to some to do with it. And also there was the scene that, you know, at the end of the day, that person's now working for us, providing us with uh money, mm-hmm. which is then split between the two of us. And one person's just using that willy-nilly and and almost mocking her efforts. And I felt, you know, there was a, there was a lot of these things like that. And it just it just didn't work out very well. But that was all that was all sorted and got rid of. But I think there was an element of that with that situation. But overall, it was the wanting to progress more, you know, and look so down the cool, avenue. You're a cool dude. You can admit where you're lacking and. Okay. Part of the mission of this podcast is to share really awesome people with all of you. So go check out Eden Health. This is my friend John Simmons' company. Through it, he does acupuncture, nutrition, microneedling, light therapy, but it doesn't stop there, everyone. <laughs> like it's he's he's a wealth of knowledge and I welcome all of you to meet him, go talk to him, reach out to him. You can find him at EdenHealthMD.com. Back to our podcast. You know, that's awesome. That's that's good. That's really sweet. I think that's cool, too. Like, um, I don't know. You might not feel like you registered any of these things, but these are things that I felt about you um, on Facebook. (laughs) You, You were carrying through all the way from Scotland uh, via Facebook. And I, I could see it. Um, so, you know, uh, just so you know. Oh, did I lose you? Hmm. Pardon this brief interruption, diary listeners. I thought it would be good just to kind of fill this in with a little bit of an opportunity to say how much I love you guys. We had a bit of disconnect between John and I, and we're getting right back to it now you're on audio now i can hear you oh can you hear me i can oh that's a, a definite dad moment i'm looking so confused try to work out what i'm saying here oh man it's not a dad moment it's it's everything i've i only know what i know because i force myself to have a podcast yeah. <laughs> don't out is which this- by the way this is a great alternative for doing con- consults with people. Like if, yeah, I mean, I like to meet people in, in person, but sometimes it's nice to do a consult like this. Like, you know, if, if they're traveling from far, Zoom's really great for that. Yeah, I've never thought yeah. of that, actually. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's idea. neat. Yep. Since COVID, I really started using it, um, you know, just, just because everybody was so... You know, they they didn't want to travel more than they had to and wanted to make sure that they were, you know, not not endangering anybody. Uh, I appreciate it for for that reason. So it was a good way to, like, you know, do consultations remotely and then just only meet for the tattoo and make sure we brought our A game and, um, you know, weren't sick or anything. But, um, yeah, um, it's pretty good that way. Now that now that you've been vetted. <laughs> with with zoom now but like i said i i like um i like the the possibility now i'm doing all my own audio editing so uh i have to figure it out so this is great i had a little moment where i can i can go back in there and i can splice it and i can push it together and it'll be good or i'll do something i don't know 
Um, uh, I think it's good. The resolve that you have um, moving forward. I mean, your, your child's very small and I think it's a good idea for you to, you know, make money thinking. I mean, not that it matters what I think, but I can, I can understand why right now you want to give a lot to your family because you know, you're, you're creating a family, you know, you have a young child, um, your wife and you are supposed, you know, trying to get closer together and combine your forces more. So it seems like that's appropriate. Um, yeah. yeah. And uh, about your daughter, does she have any, um, just out of curiosity, does she like art? Uh, she, she does. Um, she's got quite, cause I was, it was from, from pretty much the moment she was born. I was like, there's a pen. Oh, she's like me thinking that's going to do anything like a moron. Um, <laughs> but like, as she's got a bit older and I'm sitting around like drawing and, things she's started doing it and obviously like kids do you give them paper and paint and pens and they start doing stuff but then just in the recent in the last probably six six seven months she started really like drawing stuff more and it's and obviously she's getting older it's make it it's legible it's not just a player um to the to the point where i actually for for for, for fun not really for fun because that sounds wrong but like it was a joke but i put a flash sheet together I saw that. I loved it. Yeah. And then loads of them went. And she kept That's awesome. About wanting a tablet. She wanted her own tablet. I want a tablet like you. I want a job. You know, I don't... There's no, there's no danger you're having a £1,200 iPad Pro at four-year-old. Um, but we can do... We can maybe do something. But then I was like, how can... How can I teach you something about you know because as children do they don't understand about money the cost of things they just want one one you know uh, mm -hmm. uh but she watched she kept going about wanting a tablet and i drew this sheet for fun i said look what i've done and all that so i'm gonna put it up and loads of people took them and i charged a very oh, wow. no nominal fee for them but uh all the money i put in her savings oh um, for the ipad yeah, so she could have her, she could save up her own money. So it's, I've seen it as like, you know, it's a, it's a couple of things she's learning, to, you know, she's learning to draw, she's learning to draw to spec because there was a couple of custom orders as well um, of people and she's drawing stuff. And but then she's, uh, she's you know, like she's earning money. It's like, uh, like trying to learn the value of money, which seems a little silly at such a young age. She no, is very, not at all. <laughs> But when do you teach someone? And the more you teach somebody something, the more they pick it up. So we've been been doing that, and she's made she's made a tidy little fortune out of it. And that's awesome. But the really interesting thing about the whole situation, though, was is we went in a shop, and as we have to do any shop you go in, if it's got a toy aisle, you have to be in it. You have to suffer the can I have this? Can I have this? And she's seen something, and she was. Going on about it and on about it. And I think she'd been quite spoiled of late. And we're like, we're not buying anymore. Like, we, you know, we'll make a United front. We're not buying anymore because she does get a lot. <laughs> and, um, you know, wait till Christmas or whatever. So she's she was going on about this. I can't remember what it was, this this toy. And I said, listen, I said, you've got, you, you're living federal, kid. You've got cash. Like, you can get in there. <laughs> Buy yourself something like you've got money. If you want to buy it, you've got your money at home. 
Mm-hmm. And then this most amazing thing happened. She stood and paused. And she went, no, I want my tablet. Four, yeah. No, not even four. She was three because she's only just turned four. Um, she was three yeah. year, three year old and she weighed up the pros and cons of spending some of that money that takes away from her buying the tablet. And she was like, no, Good I want for you. She held back. Ah, oh, that is awesome. That is awesome. That's mastery right there. There's so adults like, that don't know how to do that. Worked. Every yep. time, it's, I think it's been like that since she's been born. Like every time you think, oh, I'm being a bit stupid here, over explaining something in a, such an adult, adult manner. And then she's proved me right every time. Like that was, no, she's proved that I wasn't wrong. Like you're not being stupid. Yeah. I've got it. I've worked it out. Um, yeah. that, that was the that was one of the, the most amazing things about lockdown. That's um, awesome. Me, the, you know, obviously I was I was we were locked down. Uh, my wife was non-essential, so she was at home. Mm. And because neither of us were essential workers, she couldn't go to nursery. So we had to do mm. all that time, months on end, just alone with her and I don't know really how to dumb things down that well, you know, and I, I, I sometimes forget my place and I think I'm talking to an adult and he explaining stuff and explaining stuff. But like when, when she did go back to her nursery, she's way more advanced than the rest of them. And that's no, that's not knocking nurseries. They've got numerous children at various levels. So everything has to run a certain line and a certain course, but because we've done this, you know, it, and she's, she's, she's pretty sharp, very switched on. So she is into it, what? and she, she goes through waves with it, M- much like me. One minute you want to draw, you've got so many ideas. Next minute it's like, oh, no, I'm going to watch telly. But she just does it. Sometimes <laughs> she then all of a sudden she'll, she'll just go on this f- mad thing of it, and then all pens are out, and she's drawing and stuff, and it's it's really cool. That's and, awesome. And That's she did really one, cool. on my, she did one. She did one a few weeks ago on the tattoos on my Instagram of a turtle. And that's my favourite one that, she's, that she designed because we were watching Finding Nemo. And oh. the turtles were on. And if you look at it, it is so close. For her age, wow. it is so close to that because she was watching it and then she picked up her pens, went drawing, and she was like, look, I've drawn the turtle. And I was, like, blown away. Total blown wow. away. Wow. That's awesome. I'm going to have to look back at your Instagram. I was admiring her flash sheets, but I didn't know that this is – this is what you guys did with all of that. That's epic, man. What a cool thing. Bravo. That is, uh, I, I maintain that, that, well, I mean, you asked, you know, how young is too young to start with money, but money, money is our power system. That's our exchange of goods and services. That is literally, you know, it's, it's, it's a token of our, of our time and our choices and our priorities. These are, this is how we exchange. And I don't think any age is too young. I mean, that's super empowering what you gave her, um, you know, because I didn't have a being silly and applying that level of idea, ideal to that flashy like this idea made that she can learn about money and things like that and only that as well learn about work ethic you know you work you earn money and things like that and and i didn't think but it did 
But these people are getting her tattoos too, which is also a thing, right? Like people are getting yeah. her work on them. And so you're teaching her also that, that there's value to her story, to her experience that, that, you know, she's, she's able to participate and that people will receive that and want to be a part of it. There's so many artists that don't, you know, they don't think they're good or they don't think they're good enough or, you know, and then to see that this, you know, three-year-old is drawing things and that people will buy it because they love being a part of that story, that, that encouragement, yeah. that, that process, yeah. that's super cool. You know, so you're teaching her a lot of things. You're teaching her how she can affect her community, how she can connect, you know, um, what people are, are already, you know, excited for her. That's a big thing, you know, like that's huge. That's a support system that not a lot of people feel, you know, at three, you know, like that's really yeah, cool. Yeah. Like somebody got yeah, your yeah, tattoo. That it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty neat. I mean, cause that's how I look at it. That's why I was so mad during COVID because, you know, people think of getting a tattoo, like, why do you need a tattoo? Well, you don't need a tattoo, but on it because it is because it's art because it's the thing that connects people because it's the thing that that people rejoice in and celebrate in it is necessary it's 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 people feeling alive you know like they're doing something yeah. that makes them feel alive and there's no way to do it remotely you have to put yourself in alignment with another person you have to commune you have to meet you have to risk together there's something very powerful about that and um mm -hmm. you know like to experience that from a young age i mean i got it with my dad because he would do a lot of fundraisers for um he used to play a lot of sports so like they would have fundraisers for the sports teams and stuff so they could go on trips and like compete and um, uh, because I was always in art, he would dress me like a clown. I would go to the fundraisers. I would do face painting on the kids. Like I'm a kid, but I'm, you know, and they're paying like a few bucks for like a heart, you know, a heart or something on them. And I'm dressed like a freaking clown. And <laughs> my brother's doing like, like two balloon animals that he knows how to do. And he's selling those. Like we were hustlers right away. My parents were like, man, you know? <laughs> they were like dude you can do anything they have a lemonade stand they're selling this really dope lemonade and it's all for this this community effort but see that's the thing about being a small business is that you know you're able to you're able to really feel this connection with the community that you're part of i mean my dad's business always sponsored you know, they spot some sports teams that we weren't even on like you know that because that's what you do is that, you know, when you're a part of a community like that, it feeds, everybody feeds each other, everybody gets together and, and they love each other. That's, that's what it's all about. So that's so cool, man. I love that. That's really cool. Uh, if you don't mind, I, I would love to uh, definitely use some of her flash as some of the things that we put up for your podcast so that we can further talk yeah, about no, that. Definitely. Cause that's epic. That's super cool. Yeah, definitely. That's really cool. <laughs> Wow, that's awesome. Well, so you are mentoring. You're just mentoring her, you know? Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's and awesome. I, am, I haven't got one yet. I, I'm, I do <laughs> want to get one. I, yeah. But my, 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 plan, my plan is, 
when I find a pen light enough, um, she can do it. Right, I want, yeah. I want to, um, but I'll maybe wait, wait a little longer. Just, just a little, a little less erraticness. Not in a drawing because I want it to be as crude as it is, but just uh, you know, like, oh, what's that? She's very excited, you know, like quite excitable yeah. with things. So I don't want, I certainly don't want her around needles and so forth till there's a little bit more composure in that kind of well, arena. So, but one of the failings I had too in being a mentor is I kind of let my tattoo apprentice do things that when my boss, my mentor saw what I was allowing her to do, he was like, you know, I would scale it back. And I was like, ah, you know, let me let her, you know, let her see what she's got. And he, 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 I mean, I freaked her out. And I think this is something you don't want to do with your daughter, but um, he was like, you know, it's better to give people smaller measures of accomplishment. And I do yeah. think he was right about that. You know, like you don't want them to get in over their head right away because they're just not going to want to do it after that. They're going to already feel like they can't. And when that's not even the case, it's like, you know, you it just wasn't scaled down enough. And you've done such a good job up to this point, scaling things that are really big concepts for her to participate in that I know that you don't, you want to keep that going. You don't want it to be like, she picks up a tattoo machine and and she can't do anything with it. It's too heavy. She can't do it. And then she feels like I can't tattoo. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, cause she can, I mean, my boyfriend can, I want him to do a tattoo on me, but he's, I think he's a little scared too. I'm like, you can handle it. You can't mess it up too bad. It'll be fine. <laughs> I'll fix it. You know, whatever. <laughs> But no, it's great. I, I totally agree with that at this point. I think that's a good way to be. Very good way to be. That's awesome, man. So um, how many people do you have working for you right now? I, I have two two other artists uh, and I have a, a piercer as well. Oh, nice. Very, very so, cool. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's kind of, if I were to do it, that's kind of how I see it being. Um. I would always want a place where either the podcast could exist along with some kind of educational kind of thing. I just, I, I really love, um, I really love art and like, you know, I think I can do it in a way that can make people fun because, um, I think my gift is, and I think you have it too, because you know what not to do, you know, not to go, and leave a bunch of kids with some still life and go smoke pot. Like, you know, like, you know not to do that. <laughs> so, like, you know. Okay, so I had to add this at the, the end of this diary entry. But I just realized something that I thought I'd share. And it seems pretty obvious, but I have to come off this. So I've, I've probably recorded this exit about six times now and I just it didn't feel good and so I was like well maybe I should go back in my recording because I do this stuff like relatively on the spot everybody I have to admit that too just to let people know the the creative process here but uh for podcasting but I and this is run on so uh, forgive me but <laughs> I just decided to go back and source the energy 
of kind of the last part of the podcast. I think that's a cool thing to do because it kind of helps source what what we have to follow it with. And that was a, a great energy to kind of wrap up this this uh, time with John Graney. And I'm sorry, John, if I always say that as a question. <laughs> That's how uh, much I tend to get your name wrong. I'm, I'm actually paranoid that I keep getting it wrong. <laughs> so anyway, I thought I'd, I'd wrap up with that, diary listeners. A bit of a confession, a bit of the, the process of this. Wanting to share with you guys a bit more about, I guess, just uh, shooting from the hip and doing something where you have no idea what you're doing and learning along the way. And uh, I think that's important, especially since that's kind of how this happened. And if there's inadequacies of the show, I mean, it's only bound to get better, right? So, yeah, I think uh, that, that wraps it up. Join us back next week. Uh, This is the conclusion of this diary entry. And uh, we really hope you come back for our last entry with John. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. You can find The Apprenticeship Diaries on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Our IG is the underscore apprenticeship underscore diaries. If you would like to offer constructive criticism or an interview, drop us an email at theapprenticeshipdiaries at gmail.com. We We look look forward forward to hearing from from our listeners. listeners.